Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. I just want to welcome you. So glad that you are with us today as we kick off a new series called Entrusted. And as we head into this series, I'm, I'm going to be a little honest with you. Um, we're about like two and a half years old. Dismiss all our kids out to connect kids. Almost forgot that part. Um, we're about two and a half years old as a church, and we have never talked on this idea very much, mostly because I'm afraid to, and I don't really want to. Um, and even as we walk into it, uh, there's this idea of uh, oftentimes uh, a couple of the guys I coach baseball with um, and as I'm talking to them about faith and wrestling them, they're like, oftentimes, when we talk about stewardship in the church, it doesn't feel like it applies to me. And it feels like some like far-off, hypothetical thing. And so I just want to say, as we walk into this today, um, I hope you hear our heart throughout this series. This idea of stewardship, it's not about what our church gets from you, but it's about what God can do through you as you're generous. And Jesus, as he talks about stewardship, it's often more about the heart and what we do behind that than it is what we give. And so this series is going to be more of like a teaching series than maybe preaching. And so um, if you look forward to preaching, I just want to say, hang on. Uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be walking through the beginning of the book of Revelation, but kind of chunk by chunk. And so if you're looking for that, um, be here then. So again, this series Entrusted is talking about stewardship. And the main three things that God has given us to steward is our time, our talent, and our treasure. And before we walk into the idea today, I just want to establish some like parameters and ideas for what stewardship is. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something that someone else has given you. And you can have two different approaches to other people's stuff. If you're like me, I treat other people's stuff badly because it's not mine. So like when I was little, my brother and I would sometimes get the same gift and I would play with his because then I could keep mine in the box and keep it nice and new. And like, I was always like, well, someday this might be worth something that Hesh truck, the Beanie Babies. And sadly that didn't happen. But then sometimes when something is somebody else's, you take better care of it. I also remember at one point, one of my neighbors allowed me to drive like his high-end Ferrari. And as we're driving down the road, he's like, punish it. Like, hit the pedal to the floor, like, let it like go crazy. And in my head, I'm like, I can't do that. This is his car. It's way too nice for that. And so when we have this idea of managing other people's things, there's often two lenses of it. Today, we are stewards of things that God has gifted us. Again, our time our talents, and our treasure. And we are called by God to use them well for his kingdom. Psalm 24 says it this way, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Good stewardship realizes that everything we have in this life is temporary. And there is a greater kingdom that we hold our allegiance to than the here and now. So again, with our time, the giftings that God has given us and our treasure, oftentimes we get so wrapped up in these things that all we see is our own kingdom. 
I use all of these to benefit myself. As we steward these because they're God's, we realize that these are actually opportunities to bring God's kingdom here. Disciples of Jesus don't live for the here and now. But if we're honest, we get so wrapped up with the now that we forget about later on. So today we're talking about time. And I'll be up front as we talk about time. Um, Again, in these series, people often think like pastors don't relate to this. And even some people, hopefully none of you, have this idea that pastors spend all of their time like in an office reading the Bible, praying. I think that idea has disappeared. But just in case that's you, that is not my life. I currently have just finished coaching two baseball teams, working at the church. I have a farm job as well. I'm raising a 19-month-old daughter. Um, My wife was in the hospital a couple times this week as we are preparing for the birth of our son much sooner than anticipated. Hopefully, we make it to June 19th. If not, well, we'll see what happens. I have a lot on my plate. And so today, as I say these things, don't think that like I'm living in this hypothetical world that I hope you join but I'm with you. I'm wrestling with all of these things. Every night, my wife and I sit down on the couch and we look at each other and we say, I wish there was more time. We thought we would get to this today and we didn't touch any of that. For you today, maybe you're like me. You feel like you are struggling to stay afloat with all of the things that you have to do. You feel like you might just bounce around from thing to thing to thing and you're like, what in the world? How do I keep up with this? Or maybe you're on the other side of it. Maybe you have a lot of time and you're trying to maybe figure out like how do I use it more for the benefit of the kingdom of God? Both of those postures are a place where God can use us. And as we walk into the series, again, I wanna do it through this lens. Here at our church, we talk about Kairos moments and how God speaks. And there's four main heart idols that we kind of all wrestle with within them. And I think these heart idols have a lot to do with stewardship. When it comes to approval, how do you use most of your time? If you're looking for approval, you probably bounce from social event to social event. You surround yourself with people at all times so that they're around you to say, good job, I like you, you're funny, all of these things. And perhaps you're tired. For others of us, maybe this is where your control idol shows. You have every second of every day accounted for. And when it gets thrown off, you spiral. Today, that's me. I have like a schedule that is color-coded with each area of my life down to the minute. And like when it gets thrown off like this week, I panic. Perhaps it's power. And the way that this looks in time is you do everything you can to move up the ladder, maybe at work. And so you work long, long hours. You are not home because you think, if I use my time to gain more power and money and influence, then I'll be happy. Or perhaps it's comfort. Your time, your schedule is all about things that make you feel comfortable. And you can fill in the blank. We all look to different things for comfort outside of Jesus at times. And so most of your time is spent to those things. Again, our prayer for you today, wherever you're at, you would see that time is a gift. That God has gifted us today. And we can use it to bring his kingdom here and now. And how we manage it is crucially important. And so the first thing when it comes to time is that we need to recognize the value that time has. Time is a limited resource. 
No matter how hard you try, each day has 24 hours. You can't add some, you can't take it away. And once time passes, it's never regained. Once we move to tomorrow, you can't go back and change today. In Psalm 90, we read, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is a prayer from Moses in the wilderness. And this is Moses beginning to wrestle with the fact that he's learning that his humanity is frail. And as he's wrestling with this idea of, of realizing that days are numbered, he's asking for God to give him wisdom in how to manage it. He's considering the shortness of his life. And we begin to see this idea in Scripture that as it talks about time, it often talks about wisdom too. Because there is a wisdom that's needed on knowing where to spend our time. And this wisdom isn't automatic. It's often that we need to seek God for him to give us the wisdom that we need to delegate and spend our time in the places that's needed. Because most of us, if we're honest, we live without the awareness of how short time is. Even in my own life, it's crazy to see how fast it's going the older I get. I feel like I blinked, and my daughter is 19 months old. And it seems like just yesterday that we were holding her in the hospital and she was born. There have also been moments in my life where family members have passed away way too young. And it makes you realize that in that moment, time is limited. So then that means time is valuable. It means something. The moment that I'm in, I should do the best that I can to make the most of it. Again, wisdom comes up with this idea of time a lot in Scripture because we need it. We can't squander this gift. We need to cherish it. We need to maximize it. In Ecclesiastes 3, we read, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So we first need to realize the value of time. But then we also need to realize the season of life that we're in. Right now, there are all different seasons here in our church. We're all in different stages of life. And if some of you were like living your life like you were in my season of having a young kid, it wouldn't make sense. We need to know the season that we're in because that begins to give us the wisdom that we need to live our life the way that we should. Realizing the season we're in helps us use our time effectively and wisely. And I think one of the practical ways that this looks is, so when we dedicate kids here, um, one of the gifts that we give parents is like this jar that has like 932 marbles. And you might be like, why 932? So when a child is born, you have 18 years before they graduate and head to college and most likely begin their life. So 18 times 52 is about 932. And so... Each week, we drop a marble into a jar, and it reminds us that the time that we have with our daughter is numbered. And so this season, we need to make the most of every week. Every week is an opportunity for us to love our daughter well, to point her to Jesus, and to make sure that she knows that she is loved and valued. When I know the season that I'm in, it helps me mark my time to use it the way that I'm supposed to. Again, because it's our job to steward our time well. Then within it, as we begin to layer, regardless of the season that you are in, 
following God, if that's where you're at, should be a priority. We often get caught in the busyness of life. Again, I'm with you. And before you know it, you can blink and it's a couple days and you haven't connected with God, you haven't prayed, you haven't studied scripture, you haven't prioritized God. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and everything. Seek the kingdom of God first. Oftentimes when we talk about habits, we, we use the rallying cry, pray first. Again, this is an idea where I'm inviting God's kingdom into a moment, into my time before anything else. What would our day look like if before maybe we headed into a moment of parenting, we invited God to speak, a conversation with a coworker, a project that you're working on for school or for work? What if we first invited the kingdom of God into that moment? Again, stewardship is the choice to live for the kingdom, not for myself. And so if that's the case, I need to prioritize the one that I'm following and looking to bring into all of these moments. Would we spend time in prayer, reading the word, and seeking his presence? And if you're like me, I literally put it on my schedule. Because if things don't get on my schedule, they don't get done. And so again, if time is limited and this is a priority, I do the things that are needed to make sure it happens. Are you prioritizing God with your time? Because we need to make the most of it. Ephesians 5 says it this way, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Again, there's this idea of wisdom with how we deal with our time. And we live in an age and a time where it is easier to waste significant amounts of time and days than ever before. You can sit down and scroll Instagram or TikTok or watch a Netflix documentary and before you know it, bam, hours, hopefully not days, but maybe. I remember when I was a teen, um, one of my favorite shows, 24, came out and so at that time it was like, you had DVDs, and so I'm dating myself here, but it was like six DVDs that were four hours each. And my friend and I, we were like, we're going to watch the whole season. And so for 24 hours straight, we watched this entire season. And so like we were binging before it was cool. That's also why I've learned to prioritize time because I waste it very quickly. Paul tells us to seize every opportunity to glorify Jesus. And as we talk about this idea of stewardship and even a time, again, we're not managing it well just to be productive. Like if you leave and you think, I just need to be productive and I need to be disciplined, you're missing the point. Paul is saying we do this so that God is glorified in our lives. That's the measuring stick. Not that you're just able to balance a million things really well and everyone looks at you and goes, wow, how do you do it all? It's so that Jesus would be glorified in your life. The idea behind redeeming time here is that you would buy up opportunities like a shrewd businessman. You know, the guys who, are, who walk in and see opportunity and they pay very little for things and before you know it, it's worth a ton. That's how we should steward our time. Realize that every moment has the ability to bring forth the glory of God. And we would use our time for the benefit of others that we would serve and we would love others well. Again, we have time so that God would be glorified. 
And we know that the heart of Jesus is to serve, and so then that's where our time should go. Would we invest in relationships? A rallying cry we use here as a church is around the table. We make space to have dinner, relationships with people in our church around the table. Would we do it with people who don't know him? Would we do it with people who may need a meal, who are in need? As followers of Christ, we are called to live selflessly. And so then the way that we steward our time shows our heart and what's important to us. Galatians 5 says this, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Today, you're free to use your time however you want. But as followers of Jesus, we're actually called again to serve one another in love. And that means using my time for the benefit of others. Stewarding our time well to serve others, again, helping those in need. Volunteering in your community. Reaching out to your neighbor who may be lonely. And you may be hearing this and thinking, I don't have time. Let me tell you, there is time. But it comes to what's important to us. One of the first things my wife and I will often say to each other is, there isn't time. But as we step back and we look, we see, okay, maybe we could cut this little bit of hour of television we have here and help somebody. We're called to be selfless. Would our time reflect that? And so now, to the application part of this message. And so if you're like me, this is typically where we would say, the way you live this out, stewarding your time well, means serving a church every Sunday. And let me say, serving here is great. We need people who, who are willing to serve. And if you're interested, talk to Angela. She would love to get you connected on a team. But there is so much more to stewarding our time than just serving a church. We have made so much about faith and church, about this gathering. And let me tell you, you can serve in church every Sunday, be the first one to show up and the last one to leave, and you could still not be generous with your time. This is a heart posture of the way that we live our life and everything that we do. So first, again, would we evaluate where our time goes? Like, not hypothetically, actually, where does your time go? Reflect on your last day and your last week. Where does it go? Does it go to things that you enjoy for your own benefit? Does it actually go to helping other people? One of the things I love most about my phone at this point is I can scroll right and see my screen time, and then if I click on that, it tells me every minute in every app. Be nice if that existed for life, too, you know, where it's like I could see where I spent my time, but we can do that if we look back. This week, take some time and evaluate where's your time go. And does it reflect the priorities that you actually view as important? Because it is so easy just to get caught into patterns and habits and routines, and before you know it, it's been a month, two months, a year. Is our time going where we want it to? Be intentional. 
create daily, weekly schedules that help you do what you need to do and to be effective, set goals, do all of those practical things. Learn to say no to non-essential activities. One of the most freeing things that I've learned with my time is the ability to say no. There are some things that just aren't worth my time because my priority is serving Jesus, loving my family, and serving this church. And so if something doesn't fit into those three things, it's very easy for me to say no. And for a long time, I felt very guilty about that. I like making people around me happy, but if I want to be healthy and be the best that I can be in all of those areas, sometimes no is okay. Avoid time wasters, excessive screen time, mindless entertainment, unhealthy relationships. We are very good as a society at wasting time. Your time is too valuable to waste. There's too much at stake. And I'm not saying don't take time to maybe decompress and enjoy, but if you are wasting significant chunks of time, perhaps we're not stewarding to the best of our ability. And have clear boundaries. I've learned that there are some people who will take up a significant amount of time. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to make sure that you're healthy. Manage your phone and your media consumption. Set limits. At night, put your phone to bed. Like, actually put it somewhere where you can't see it. And and let me say, I've done that. It's very freeing. And I'm present with my family. And if there's like a legitimate emergency, people get a hold of you. Or they'll keep calling till you hear like, okay, so it's okay to be present in moments. There was a study um, by an Australian Institute for Suicide Prevention, and they found something that's very interesting. People who spend significant amount of time on YouTube have higher levels of loneliness, anxiety, and depression. We need to limit the amount of times that we are wasting on screens. Again, steward our time well. Not only does it benefit the kingdom, but it benefits us as well. And we need to embrace rest. Mark 6 says this, Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. It's okay to rest. In scripture, this idea is called Sabbath. And this isn't an option, but it's a command. And today, if you're worn out, burnout, anxious, perhaps it's because you're neglecting a significant part of our time that God calls us to. Sabbath shows that you trust that God can move and provide even when you're not working. I take a day off because I know that God will provide my needs. I cannot say enough how important this value is. And because in church, we are often so bad at this. And we justify it for things that may seem good. Serving people is great. It's very important. But if you don't take time to do something that God calls you to, rest, Sabbath, you will burn out at some point. 
This is a law and a pattern and a rhythm that God created at the very beginning of time. Who are we to think that we're above that? And let me tell you, again, it's hard. There's so much to do. My life is packed. But my wife and I made a commitment about a year ago to try and keep Saturday free as much as we physically can. And it has been so nice. I am busier than ever. I'm going strong. Because I'm living within the patterns that God has called us and asked us to. Again, when we show that we trust God with our time, would we take time for rest? You were created within this pattern. And then stewarding our time means bringing the kingdom into our spheres of influence. If we are called to steward our time, here are just some practical places where this begins to be lived out. One, we have time to disciple people. This is the main charge that Jesus gives his church, go and make disciples. Do you have time to do this? Where you are intentionally investing in people. People take time. I get it. It's my job to be with people. But this isn't just church staff job. We are all called to make disciples. Who are you investing in? Let me say, if you're a parent, your time doing that with your kids is important. Our family should be important to us. They should get time. My wife showed me a study this week that blew my mind. The average time that a kid gets with their parent is 35 minutes. When you step back and think about that, Oftentimes, Christians are the most vocal about the state of the world and the things that we don't like and how they're influencing our kids. And let me say some of them are bad. I will say that. But if we are only giving our families 35 minutes a day, could it maybe be the fact that we're not doing what we need to steward our family well, to be present, to give our kids the time that they need, to get down in the grass and play with them, Time matters. You only have so much time with your family. You may think that extra hour at work to make some overtime is important. You will not get the minutes back to love your family well. Now, let me speak to maybe you're a young adult and you're single. Make these habits now. Create good habits now. Because when I was your age, I didn't, and I got married, and it blew my world up because I had to change a lot of things very quickly. Be healthy now. Make time to love your neighborhood. Hang out with your neighbors. Love them well. Bring heaven to your community. Be the one who hosts the neighborhood parties. Be the one who's present when you hear somebody in your neighborhood is hurting. Be present in your neighborhood. God has you there for a reason. And then yes, be present at church too. If this is your community, be present. Serve, make it important, make it a priority. Serve, be in a connect group, disciple people, be part of Pipeline, do all of those things. 
But again, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole thing. And the way that some of you may be incredibly overwhelmed as I'm saying all of these things. If we steward our time well, I believe wholeheartedly that we can make the biggest kingdom impact possible. Would we prioritize people? And would we seek wisdom from God on how to use our time well? Again, dependent on the season of life that you are in. Today as we close, maybe you're here and you're, you're trying to figure out where you stand in terms of following Jesus. Today, no, he's a God who wants to know you. He wants to be present in your life. He showed us this by sending Jesus. Jesus lived among us. He loved us, and he ultimately would lay down his life for us. Today, you can know God. And that's the beauty of what we believe as followers of Jesus. He's a God who's present. He's among us. Today, it takes our part of turning towards him, saying, Jesus, I trust that what you did in the cross is for me. I believe that you rose again, and today, would you come and would you work in my life? And the most incredible thing is that he does. He's a present God. He's with us. He gives his time to us. For those of us who do follow Jesus, again, stewardship of our time, means using the gift of time that God has given us so that the kingdom of God could be at work in our lives. It means making intentional choices each day on what to say yes to and what to say no to. But being intentional in the fact that this is bringing about the things that I want God to do in my life. How can I use my time to glorify God? What would it look like if I was generous with my time? Again, we're all busy. We all have tons of things to get done. But what good is it if we get all of those things done, but we don't see the glory of God at work in our lives and through us? Show me where you spend your time, and it will show your priorities. This week, where does your time go? Is it where you want it to go? And does it match the things that you say are important? Will we recognize God's ownership in this? Our lives belong to God. And then so therefore everything we have does and so our time belongs to him. And we're called to honor him in the way that we live. Would we prioritize again the kingdom of God? Would we contribute to the advancement of his kingdom here on earth? Would we live within the parameters that he calls us to balance work and health and rest properly? Make time for God. Prioritize it. Make spaces. And maybe not just like, you know, the one 10-minute block we talk about, like significant time. 
There's a, a, a buzzword within church right now called rule of life. And it's like oftentimes you create a rhythm with God and you say daily, monthly, yearly. Daily, make spaces to connect with him. Monthly, do something out of the ordinary. For me, I often like to go for a walk somewhere and it's a little bit more extended just to be present and to hear from God and to talk to him. And, and then yearly. Some people will say, like, go for a weekend retreat, do something like that. I haven't quite figured the yearly out yet, but I'm working on it. Create patterns and routines where you prioritize knowing God. Time is a gift that is often taken for granted. But is a resource that holds incredible potential and value. And this idea of stewardship, time is probably the most valuable thing to me because again, there is only so much of it. And there are a lot of things screaming for my time. But I want the kingdom of God to come to be through my life as much as possible. I want God to be glorified the most in every second of my life. And so if that's the case, the way I use this matters. As followers of Jesus, we are called to steward it well. Would we use it wisely and purposefully? And so today, as we kind of wrap up, just a few different responses. One, love if you would stand and sing with us. Two, maybe today is a day where you just kind of search your heart a little bit and just wrestle with this idea of generosity and time. Am I actually, again, using it for the kingdom? Am I using it for myself? Where is it going? What is happening? And then we'll also have some of our staff up here as well. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe something in the message, God is speaking to you. We would love to pray alongside of you and help you in that. Or maybe you just came in and there's a need and something going on in your life. We would love to pray with you as well there. And so today, if you are able, would you just stand as we just take a moment to respond today? Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.